Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. And I'm Giggles O'Shea. <laughs> this week we're looking at Season 5, Episode 6, Voyage of the Damned, in which Frasier's celebrity cameo on a cruise coincides with a rather different cameo from one Maris Crane. That was a lot of C's then. Celebrity cameo on a cruise <laughs> coincides. Yes, well, you forgot one. <laughs> um, Steve, have you ever been, or would you ever go, on a cruise. Very simple one this this week. Well, do you know what? I do like the film Titanic, but it does petrify me that anything could happen like that. And obviously the memory of, <laughs> in my lifetime, things like the Costa Concordia, which was quite famously sunk. When uh, was that again? Oh, that was, that was must have been, was it 10 years ago? About Maybe 2011 not, or something, do we reckon? Yeah, something yeah. around that. And all because yeah. the captain decided to wave at his mates or something and go off course and... Yeah, what a what a calamity that happened to be. But that sort of thing puts me off. Um, that obviously when they do get in trouble, they're in real trouble. Uh, yeah. But the idea of going to Alaska on a cruise sounds fantastic, doesn't it? I mean, the wildlife you must see in the oh yeah, caribou. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> we'll come on to that one later. We will. We but will. yeah, things like that, you just think, wow, that must be amazing. But I mean, have you ever been on a cruise? Would you go? No, I, I haven't ever been on one. And I probably would go on one at some point if you can com- combine it with those little stop-offs at like historic old towns in in you know along the med and that sort mm. of thing. That'd be cool. Um, you know, there's there is an appeal to me there because I really enjoy food and drinking, and you can do a lot of that on a cruise because yeah. that's pretty much the the core of their kind of social hub. But um, there's also, you know, they can be a little claustrophobic. They are huge these days, like they are devastatingly big. But um, they can be breeding grounds as well for kind of, you know, illness, colds, spread like wildfire uh, on them. Funny you say that. My parents actually went on a river cruise only a few weeks ago and came back with COVID. (laughs) Oh, there you go. (laughs) Through Europe, um, through Germany. They said they I think they took a train journey, which was about eight or nine hours through parts of Germany to get to where the boat was and they were all masked up everything was fine you know they survived that perfectly fine and then it was the river cruise that unfortunately made managed to give them that just to come home so they were testing negative the whole way through the actual journey and the day they were coming home they tested positive so they didn't get stuck in a cabin which was nice Mm. um and listeners in the future if you listen to this yes COVID-19 is still being mentioned um but yeah sadly they came home with that both perfectly fine you know they've had all their vaccinations so um they were perfectly fine but yeah what a way to come home from a uh <laughs> a river cruise with that. So, yeah, you are completely correct and it is a breeding ground one souvenir that you don't want to bring back with you from a, from a trip but <laughs> would love to know about listeners if they've ever been on one um and if you have let us know you mentioned like how nice it'd be in alaska a show that I've kind of part watched, some listeners have watched, you've started bits of Northern Exposure. They're constantly going on about the Alaskan Riviera and trying to create this kind of tourist boom in Alaska. And I mean, it, I mean, it's not filmed in Alaska, but it's it seems like such a beautiful place. So I think I'd go on one to Alaska. Yeah, sure. I'm with you on that one. Um, shall we took ourselves in to Trivia Corner? It feels like it's been a while since we did this. It has this. been a while. Hopefully I'm quite fresh. I'm ready for it. <laughs> I am never fresh um, and I'm definitely not going to do well. But we have been sent uh, many weeks ago now uh, the questions by our usual quiz masters. So God bless the band. And I'm going to ask you question numero uno this week from our boy down under, Mr. Hamish. Perry Gilpin is seen in this episode breaking character when is this? 
I believe it's the moment where Niles gets another champagne. I think it's the second champagne thrown out. It actually hits Kelsey. Um, it does. I, I did see this on IMDb, so I hate to say it. I didn't notice it in the show until after I'd looked at IMDb. Um, but yeah, you do see her literally crease up, hands over mouth. She is desperately trying not to die laughing there. And and to be fair, Kelsey looks like he wants to laugh as well. He's got a real kind of, he's on the edge in that yeah. scene. Um, I never catch these kinds of things, but I did in my rewatch, I did notice that moment actually. Yeah, um, so there fantastic. you go. Question two, well done, Steve. You got the first one right. Staying on the theme of Perry, what is confusing about Roz's character in this episode, remembering the last two episodes? I know the answer to this as well. <laughs> as did I. I think this might be quite a common bit of trivia around this episode. It's on Fraser Fan Club quite a lot that people get disgruntled that she's drinking possibly cocktails, champagne, etc. on the cruise. Mm-hmm. And obviously she's supposed to be pregnant. However, I do know that this was supposed to be played earlier, uh, yeah, earlier in the season, but got bumped due to the baseball playoffs that year. So it actually got moved and then they had to do Halloween at the right time. So this episode got moved after this, which is why it's then not in order. But yeah, that, that what I imagine is what Hammy's going for. That is exactly what I was after. And yeah, that is because this episode was recorded earlier or definitely intended yeah. to, to air earlier. Finally from Hammy, let's see if you can get three out of three. What differences are there in Roz and Maris's rooms that Frasier doesn't have in his? There's a total of four things. Brilliant question. I'm going to go straight off the straight off with porthole you have a porthole <laughs> uh grand piano I want grand to piano shower shower the last one is the hardest and i w- wouldn't have remembered had i not re rewatched i don't think i can get the fourth it's 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 not an object in the room no i don't i don't, I don't know it it's a balcony of course. A balcony in Maris's room, that is. Um, really love that question, Hammy. Well brilliant. played. Trivia from our boy, Little Bobby Briscoe. Who are the celebrities on board? What are their descriptions? And in what order are they mentioned? I have this question for you, so I do know them, I'm afraid. Oh, no way. I don't know no the way. order, but the, the magician is, uh, is it Lance Gould? Lance Gould. Um, you've got Carlos the Barracuda Delgado. You have. Uh, Giggles O'Shea, which I didn't actually plan to say that at the start of this. It just popped out. And well, I, it was perfect. Yeah, and Dr. Fraser Crane. Dr. Fraser Crane. Fraser we'll, Crane. Get, we'll, get, we'll get to that later. Um, but yeah, absolutely. And if the listeners who want to know the order of mention or maybe the order of billing, I'm not quite sure, um, we have Fraser, Giggles, Lance, and the Barracuda. I don't know if my I don't know if my uh, underbite clench then would have been visible. Uh, I heard audible, audible on the mic. Steve heard it. So there we go. Uh, finally, from this batch, trivia from Run for Your Life. According to Daphne's mum, there's no blank in hell. There are four things to name. What are they? There's no naps. Get naps in now because there's no naps in hell. No naps in hell. Uh, it's raining. There's no water in hell. No water in hell. Um, the most obvious one, you'd think. Is it something like there's no vegetables in hell or something? A very specific veg. I want to say broccoli or cauliflower. Oh, it's Brussels sprouts. (laughs) (laughs) You're Um, in the right ballpark. And finally. I can never do four. No, I tap out on that. I can't do four. No dogs. No dogs in hell, which I mean, I'm not entirely certain. I mean, Cujo might be there. 
Well, um, you know, just badly trained. Mostly <laughs> just badly trained. Uh, I blame the parents. Um, <laughs> excellent questions there, Steve. Lay yours on me, Chief. Thanks to Bobby Briscoe. Now I've only got two for you because I was going to use the who was who is on board. Uh, However, I will throw to you what cabin does Mimi say she's in when she says to Niles, Come and meet me. Uh, Room number. Oh, God. I've really, I really heard this line. I really heard her say it. I think it's something 12. It is something 12. Um, I think this is going to be too high, but I want to say seven twelve. Bang on it, seven twelve. Yes. Oh, Which, that feels good. To, well done, and it also gives away I think the size of the ship because I think I noticed that Ros and Fraser are in rooms like two thirty three, two thirty four. Mm. Is it a seven hundred room ship? I mean, Presumably. that is humongous. That is very big. Um, it was later in the episode it says maybe they booked the bigger talent for the bigger boats. The bigger boats is the boat. Honestly, maybe seven floors as well. Who knows? Who knows? Could be. Um, maybe listeners can go back to the how many uh, how many rooms in uh, Elliott Bay Towers. Yeah, <laughs> don't start that again. Um, so my second question, and this is a bit more geography based, where is Daphne supposed to pick Martin up from? He gives a street address. Oh, he does. And again, I heard this, but unlike the last question, my memory is failing me. Um, it's it's the classic American city naming convention where it's number and, you know, I was waiting on the four, corner of, you know, 4th and Bleecker or yep. Einstein and 12th. Um, and if it really doesn't, it might help you, it might not. If it does help, it's kind of related to the 1000th show because they actually go to the real location uh, it's going to be Pike. No, no don't damn. go down that road. <laughs> no, I think it might be something on Pike, like Pike Place. You're going to have to tell me. The answer is Second and Bell. Second and Bell. So where do they go Bell-wise? When Fraser and Niles steal the money from the blind guy, they're actually on Bell between Second and Third, apparently. Oh. And the kids chase them to Second and Bell. And apparently, if you look into the thousandth episode, you can see Martin would be waiting under the hanging uh, traffic lights, which we see in the background between behind Martin, uh, Fraser and Niles. That's some delicious nerdy trivia, that is. It is brilliant, isn't it? I, I so did have good. to look it up. It was on IMDb again, That's but so what, I, I thought that is a question that has to be asked. Listeners will real location, that. and we do see it in the previous episode to this. So, Unfortunately, Will, that is the only two. As like I say, Bobby Briscoe has doubled up on one of mine for once. Two cracking questions, though, it has to be said. Um, okay, bringing things back to you, Mr. Mutum. MK, numero uh, How many glasses of champagne are thrown in Niles's face? I want to say two. The answer is three. Two that we see and one that Niles tells us about when trying to chase down Maris. Um, very, oh, very trickster. good. You little <laughs> dog. Uh, question two. The ship and the crews are given a lot of dour epithets throughout the episode, but which character actually refers to the crews by the titular moniker Voyage of the Damned? Roz, I believe. She says we're on the voyage of the damned. Absolutely correct. And also, what a beautifully worded question there from our... <laughs> you know what? That was like a mastermind question. Honestly. I very grilled to then go, this is a very simple answer. <laughs> <laughs> Some real our wordsmith there, Mr. Uh, Mr. Corey. That's delicious. Question three. What is Fraser's cookbook recipe for a hot toddy? Oh, it's chamomile tea. <sighs> 
I love the way he pronounces it, both of these. Cavonier, Cavoncier, Cavoisier, you're very yeah. close. And oh, I can't remember the last one again. A dash of framboise. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's framboise or framboise. I'm not quite sure. I'm not. Personally, it sounds absolutely dreadful and not a hot toddy at all. You reckon? Well, add a dash of rose hips. That's just how Duke is the service there. Exactly. Um, Trivia from Little Owler in the Glen. When giving Niles a tutorial about buffet eating, what four fillers does Martin warn Niles to be careful of? Oh, one of them is your breads. Your you breads. Bread. God, why are they all four? I can't even get three on this Maybe, one. Maybe the trivia cadre have found your weakness. Keep the yeah, fours lists, coming, gang. Lists and names. Mm. Um, I can't. I, I honestly can't think of him. It's bread. Something else. Like, yeah, he does list four. I can think of the, the sort of pattern. You can hear it, can't you? Yeah. yeah. Um, your breads, yeah. your rolls, your chips, your dips. That's you it. Only eat so be a hero. I'll be a hero. <laughs> um, and finally, I got a three-parter. Oh, okay. You do know the answer to one of these. In fact, right. you might have just said all of the answers here. What are the room numbers on the ship for Frasier, Ros, and Mimi? So you know Mimi. Did you save Ros and Frasier? Seven, twelve. I think. I think I saw Ros and Frasier's either two thirty-three and two thirty-four, or mm-hmm. two thirty-eight and two thirty-nine. I will let you know. <laughs> one of those pairings is correct. I'm going with 33 and 34. You are correct to yeah. do so. <laughs> Some excellent questions there. Really good. And it's, it's been a while since we've recorded. I've missed Trivia Corner and that felt like a particularly strong batch. So good fun. Very you good guys fun. outdo yourself every week. And thank you for your excellent questions as well, Steve. Um, shall we jump into the review? Let's go. Let's excellent animation watch. Tell me what it was, please. I had to skip back because I've been watching this on 4OD and for... Uh, listeners around the world that is a free streaming service from channel four in the uk and unfortunately sometimes the advert kind of skips a bit and it seems to cut the start out but i did manage to catch it's a rain cloud it is a rain cloud a personal favorite of mine i thought it was lovely and there is a bit of rain in this episode so it does work but then we go onto a ship which i thought was strange yeah (laughs) that is true there is a little bit of rain i think any kind of thematic simpatico between the episode and the animation it's a winner for me but i love the uh, i love the rain there um tattoos of lovers uh good idea well i was going to ask you this because it says you've got two choices at the start it opens with you've got two choices get the tattoo removed or travel the globe searching for another soulmate named fred, fred wiener <laughs> will would you ever get a tattoo of your lover's name i absolutely would not um I don't know why. Uh, I just just wouldn't. Um, See, I, w- I was thinking I was going to try and trick you. Why wouldn't you? Just is it uh, a horrible idea? <laughs> I, I honestly, I don't think I can explain why I don't like the idea. I don't have any tattoos. Um, so maybe if I was more into tattoos, I'd be more inclined. Um, but I don't know. Maybe if like in in their memory, in uh, in a horrible, morbid way, perhaps. But like whilst they were with me and on this earth um i can't ever see the need for it personally i don't know i will tell you that i have l's full name eleanor on my chest that's pretty (laughs) cool and does does l like that was she kind of privy to this yeah she was there um we were in London one day and she went should we go and get a tattoo together i went yeah okay and i had no idea 
And as a collector of tattoos, obviously I've got both legs done, both arms done, bits on my chest, back, neck, etc. It was just a kind of, it becomes almost a standard thing. At some point, you're going to get a woman's name on you, or obviously a man's name if you're the other way or whichever way you are. Yeah, anyway, yeah. That makes sense. Um, so it was just a thing. It was just a thing to do. And uh, we were engaged at the time. She wears an engagement ring. I don't. So it kind of came to a, well, I'll do that instead. Mm. It wasn't a, a, a vow of anything. Do you know what I mean? It, it just, it was a, yeah, okay, I'll do that then. Well, I quite like the spontaneity of that whole thing, really. I think, yeah. I think sometimes that's the spice of life. Um, and maybe, maybe I wish I was a little bit more like you and Al and could just throw caution to the wind and do something like that. But I'm, I'm very much a Niles of this world. Um, well, or Frasier. I'm almost disappointed because I really want you to go, do you know what? It's ghastly. It's absolutely hideous. I'd never do that. It's disgusting. And me going, really? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe part of me figured maybe you would, but like also there's probably, there might be listeners that have that. And I've just learned now to maybe just take a beat before <laughs> vehemently expressing any opinion that I might have. And maybe sometimes it's okay to, to not have yeah. opinions. Well, you ruined my fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, Frasier has a policy on commercial endorsements. He's not a huckster. Um, I, I, I always confuse this moment when he says, oh, you know my policy then, which I think is, isn't that when he's about like, you know, my policy on dating co-workers or something. He does also say that that's another line. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I was expecting him to say this. Oh, you know my policy then, but it's, it's a different thing. Um, I kind of get why he doesn't want to do this cruise. Um, it but then seems he does. a bit hokey. But then what? I can't remember why he does agree to it in the end. Is it just because of the the ego boost? Well, yeah. I mean, he suddenly says it's a free cruise. He suddenly then sort of sort of chats Ros up, doesn't he? Oh, well, your friend Vicky, she can get us on it. And she goes, he goes, she goes. Well, I don't really know her that well, and you know. And he goes, no, we'll do it, we'll do it. And he seems to talk himself and Ros into it. Mm. But it brings back to the episode selling out when he's against all of this endorsements and endorsing anything. Mm. And then he suddenly, in this episode, jumps forward to wanting to do that and, like you say, climb Mount Ego almost and set sail to to promote himself. So yeah. it's a strange, strange change of opinion on whether he wants to sell out or whether he doesn't want to sell out. Because obviously in selling out, he doesn't go ahead, does he? He doesn't do the... the no, he doesn't do the ad. Nuts ...or whatever he wants. He doesn't want to do the advert because he doesn't mm. believe he should endorse it. Whereas this, he thinks he should endorse this. So... A weird a, one. A weird one. For himself. Um, Gore Vidal has previously been on, been on there. Gore Vidal, he hates everything. Um, very <laughs> famous American intellectual, of course, Gore Vidal. Um, now back in Elliott Bay, playing the piano whilst it rains. You're just on to winner here for me. These are probably in my top five moments in the show. I don't know the piece he's playing. I never do, um, but it's really, really nice. This is one of my favourite kind of snatches of piano we hear him play. And I've said this before, there is a compilation on YouTube somewhere yeah. of all the little snatches of piano that we hear. Um, inevitably, the comments are like, oh, what's this piece? What's that piece at 1 minute 12? Um, but yeah, and I just love the way he delivers to Daphne in her dressing gown, looking very comfortable for afternoon like he says it slightly judgmentally but also slightly you know i get it let's relax i don't know it's just a nice way of saying it when it rolls on to the next one doesn't it when she says oh there's something i've forgotten doing he goes get dressed get dressed <laughs> um, um so good i think it's a big shame that it's kelsey can't play the piano if you actually look and i'm sure you, you as a pianist yourself probably noticed his hands are literally just gliding up and down they're not pressing any keys he's not playing that piano at all yeah. and i believe out of the two of them kelsey's the one who can't play and david hyde pierce is the one that actually can play the piano i will be honest um, 
never really looked at his hands. I don't think I'd caught that. But I know that Kelsey either got kicked out of or left Juilliard. So presumably he could play an instrument to get into Juilliard yeah, well, unless his really, instrument was singing. Yeah, I mean, he's a fantastic singer, isn't he? So whether that got him through, but yeah, his, unless he doesn't play it in the show, his hands are literally... It doesn't make sense, does it? Top. If he was a pianist, you'd mm. think he'd want to play because he, you know, it's just something to do. Yeah, um, I believe it's David that can play and I think it's Kelsey that can't, but in that scene, he's definitely not playing um, mm -hmm. or, or even trying to really look like he's playing. Um, but I'm with you, beautiful piece. And um, like you say, him sitting there with the rain outside, that is your perfect idea of an, an afternoon, isn't it? It really is, honestly. Looking and down just... over the city, do you know oh, what I mean? God, put me in a dressing gown and I'm there. Um, <laughs> of course, we learn that the thing Daphne has forgot to do is to pick up Martin from Third and Bell. I think it's Second and Bell. Second yeah. and Bell. Um, Fraser's just had the floor waxed, so he's dripping all over the place and he's trying to navigate Eddie and Martin onto a little square of newspaper that he's put down. Um, then Niles arrives. He's got issues again with Maris. Frazier again, trying to get him onto a square of newspaper. A little inconsistency I noticed, very minor, because I never catch these things, but I thought I'd mention it. When Niles shows up at the door, his collar is kind of raised a little and looks mm. quite cool. It looks a little like noir-esque. But then yeah. in literal, the next scene, it's flat as a pancake, like someone's obviously ruffled it back down for It's him. funny you say that, because when Martin walks in, his hair is normally flat and it being wet is all sticking up. Um, I don't have hair, and I imagine that when you go out, if even if you're running in the rain, your hair does not get wet and stand on its end. It goes down. It goes flat as a pancake, yeah. And also, if Niles is following him straight afterwards, because he also is soaking wet, why is his coat dry and why is his hair normal? Ah. Niles isn't wet at all. Do we think maybe Niles took a cab right to the building's entrance? or Then why would Frazier have to try and put newspaper under him? Oh, yeah. Wet? There's no real sign of much rain in that. It's That's a shame because he's really trying to make sure they look like they're wet. The dog doesn't even look wet, to be quite honest. It walks nah. in. There's no water coming off Eddie. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's a, yeah, interesting <laughs> one. I hadn't really thought about that. Bit of a funny um, scene. Maris is having a rejuvenation session in the Alps, I believe. Um, and Martin is going to make a, a round of hot toddies um, for all of them. Different to the hot buttered room that we will see this season in in the ski launch in a couple um, of episodes time did you yeah. notice the mugs did you notice the mugs that martin's got in aren't the, they like uh, tall blue like urn style mugs almost like a i thought they were kind of green but they kind of look like the ones that he had in novosa that we discussed yeah. when the coffee's over i swear they're the same ones and i thought did he nick them <laughs> i think it might mug? be because we commented on how weird that mug was in novosa and yeah. he had it and here maybe it's some weird thing like John Mahoney had a favourite mug on set and they were like, okay, as a joke, an Easter egg, we'll include it in yeah, some just, scenes. Uh, or... very, very strange, but I'm, I'm sure someone will write in and tell me whether they're true or not. But I, I can't even remember the episode we discussed it in, but I'm sure we discussed him bringing the coffees over and they were in those weird greenish-blue stand-up upright mugs. With, like were. you said, like a goblet. And there they are again. Yeah, really, really interesting one. Yeah, great, great spot there, Steve. Um, Frasier wants to meddle, as he does so well, and this is a recurring thing in this episode, him fighting the urge to meddle, but the irony is Martin telling him not to meddle ends up meddling. Um, there's a different doctor who Martin recommends in the kitchen. Can you remember who he says here? He's like, he doesn't need you. There's Dr. X, and he makes house calls. Jim Beam. 
Dr. Jim Beam. Um, there we go. So obviously the hot toddies he's making. Hot toddies, is it just a hot whiskey with some things in it? It's, it's like whiskey and um, honey, isn't it? Oh my god, it sounds delicious! It is. Look up a recipe, not Fraser's recipe, by the way. Don't look in the. Uh, I've actually got the official connoisseur's cookbook, which is a Fraser book. Do I don't believe these are in there, but the one that Fraser makes sounds disgusting. I would never make that with chamomile tea. Um, a dash of yeah. framboise. Um, get, a real, get a real recipe for hot toddy with whiskey and honey, and I think you'd enjoy that. Yeah, that sounds so good. And winter is coming, um, so maybe we'll have one. Um, my next two bullet points in capital letters are, you have a porthole and you have a shower. Um, <laughs> because I had a nozzle and a floor drain in mine. It took me an hour before I put those two things together. Um, I've been in some kind of accommodation scenarios where I've had these so-called wet rooms, um, which is what we call them here in the UK. Americans might have a different term for them. What do you make of them generally, Steve? Well, this, this takes me back to remember my story when I said I went to Sweden that time and that we literally had a uh, hotel room with no windows. <laughs> it's yeah, kind of reminds me of that, that because that's the kind of thing that, I mean, I've stayed in, when I went to um, Dublin once, I stayed in a hostel and that was almost the same. It was literally just a brick building full of all these tiny little shoebox rooms and it's like a bunk bed with a door and oh that's it. And there's no windows and you think, God, is this it? But you're only staying there for a few hours before you then travel the next day. And that kind of made me think of that when he goes, you have a porthole? How wide's the boat? Because it, she's got a porthole. Where's his room go to then? <laughs> is it not on the other side of the Is it in the centre of the boat? Yeah, that's a good <laughs> point. I'm trying to think, presumably, if there's loads of over 700 rooms, you know, so there's going to there's gonna be some other. rooms that land between portholes. Um, yeah. That's all I can think of, but... I don't know. What does he call it? A broom cupboard with a load of sconces or something. <laughs> um, yeah, I I hate this kind of setup, and I'm I'm particularly not phobic, but I despise kind of wet bathroom floors. You know, like you know when your feet are dry at the swimming mm. baths, and you're walking around the changing rooms or the edge of the pool. Yeah, that for me almost makes me like. Cr like cringe to think about like that is disgusting to me i hate it i can't imagine niles would appreciate it i think he'd be very veruca phobic do you know oh what my mean? god honestly oh. just, the, just those <laughs> classic tiles in around in a swimming bath changing rooms and oh my god awful when i went into railing and i was washing in hostel bathrooms thank god i remember to take flip-flops so i always had something <laughs> on my feet because just truly the worst truly the worst by the way listeners this is the sound of will squirming in his chair right yeah, they can't see what i'm doing but my body's contorting as <laughs> I as say, I do literally this. wriggling around oh it's it's such a visceral <laughs> feeling it evokes um martin's advice on the buffet is pretty classic this is a really popular yeah kind of quote from uh from from fraser fans you know the whole don't be a hero it gets quite a big studio audience laugh i don't know if you noticed yeah i mean it, it's, it's very well delivered isn't it like i say earlier the, the patter that uh john mahoney gives to to bring out those lines and he says don't remember just remember don't be a hero don't be a hero um but it actually brings me to i, I you know the uh comedian lee evans um, i do some american listeners probably won't remember uh, like know of him um, very big over here. He's been a very funny man for several years, uh, decades, in fact. He used to say about the Pizza Hut um, all-you-can-eat buffet. And he always used to say, oh, they, they they offer you to go to the salad bar first. And all they give you is a kin egg cup. 
that's all you can get. That's, you know, and they say, you know, get all your, get this in. And he goes, all you can get is one piece of sweet corn and a curled up bit of lettuce in there. It's tiny. He said, oh, yeah, all you can eat for that. Yeah, I can't get anything in there. And you come back and it's all piled on top and everyone's going, greedy bastard, as you walk back to your table. No, 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 it's, it's a really small bowl. Honestly. <laughs> it reminds me of that scene, how mad he goes. That, it's you know. so true, though. Like the way they get you at those places, like a tiny receptacle. So you have to keep going back and forth to minimize how much you actually eat. Well, it's the same with, is it the timber mill? And she says, don't forget to go to the salad bar. Just one trip only, please. One trip only, please. <laughs> so, so true. Um, we hear now about Giggles O'Shea, who's on board. Um, we'll get to it in a, in probably a, a couple of minutes' time, but quite a touching little moment. We realised Fraser actually spoke to Giggles and yeah. got on with him, which I, I find really bizarrely moving, that little, just the way he says it. Um, so, you know, Giggles is, is, is probably a, a real stand-up guy. No pun intended there. Oh, very clever. Um, what was the, the other one? Um, were you, Lance, were you going to say that Lance Gold? Yeah, exactly. Did he make his two play disappear as well? <laughs> Honestly, oh, can you remember where Martin caught his show? He saw him down in Reno a few he years saw ago. Saw him in Reno. I always, always kind of think about little moments like that because it's hard for me to imagine Martin living an independent life away from the others. I can't see a scenario where he's in Reno. Let's not try and work out Martin's life again. I mean, he's, yeah. he's 65. He's done mounted police in the 70s. He married at about 20 <laughs> times of things. He's been to Reno. You know, <laughs> what hasn't he done? You know. Um, so yeah, the taste of Alaska. Not to offend any Alaskans listening, I don't think it's a part of the world that's really famed for its cuisine. Or am I completely misstepping there? I do um, have the quote: "Want to know what caribou tastes like? Not chicken." <laughs> <laughs> He's a Martin, Martin Crane, obviously. He uh, have you he, ever had caribou? I haven't. I've had venison, which I think really in this country is probably as close as I'm gonna get. Spot on. I have had what they would call caribou. I've had reindeer. Obviously, I had it in Sweden. Oh, uh, I might have had a reindeer burger at some point. Yeah, so that that's that's quite a good thing. It's very common in Sweden. And I was once warned if you ever have it at the wrong time of year, it will be roadkill. Oh, God. outside of hunting season, you get it from a butcher. It's probably been picked up off the road, apparently. Oh my God! I mean, <laughs> they won't waste it. They won't waste it. It's good meat. Not to disgust any kind of vegetarians or vegans listening, but there was a there was a tweet that went semi-viral on Twitter the other day about a guy who'd ordered like the shoulder of pork from a butcher, covered in this like thick black hair. That the butcher was like, "Oh yeah, our pigs are half bore. It'll come off when you cook it." And he was like, "Well, it didn't." But the picture of the joint of meat has haunted me for days. I wish, I wish so much that I'd never seen it. One of the worst things I've ever laid my eyes on. It um, sounds horrific. It was fair. just, still on. <laughs> it was just absolutely gross. Um, this is, so, as you know, Niles is a stickler for freshness. Will is not. <laughs> I am not. I am not. I am not. Um, but honestly, just oh, I can't even. I can't even think about it. Will is now um, squirming again in his chair for the second time. I have sound of Will squirming. <laughs> uh, Niles has been working out. Apparently, can you remember where Mimi kind of comments on this? I can't remember. She links his arm and gives a little squeeze of the bicep. Um, has he been pumping iron? He doesn't even pump his own gas. Um, so. You know, he doesn't lift. <laughs> you know, I don't lift. So, you know, I think Mimi's just trying it on here because she is evidently a little uh, a little thirsty for Niles. Do we, uh, do we broach the subject that Mimi actually appears in another episode as a slightly different character later on in the series? You're going to have to remind me. 
Well, she's Mimi Cosgrove from the Country Club in this episode. Yeah. However, do you remember in the episode Boo in season 11, Stephanie Farrisey comes back, that's the actress, and plays Mimi again, and she's scared of clowns, and she's a nurse. Oh, my God. Same actress, same character name. Two different, different life. I would never have remembered that. My my post-season seven memory of Frasier is nothing like my early season, so that's going to get really tested. I'm going to say that's going to be an interesting four seasons. <laughs> I know. Like, obviously, I know I know the show well, but like, yeah, I, I've definitely seen one to seven a lot more than I've seen yeah, beyond seven. She, she, uh, she's the one, obviously, in the episode, Boo, and spoiler alert, when Frasier is um, dressed as... Is it the clown, isn't it? And he's doing his thing. And she's, she, I think he's got the jack in the box at one point. And they're yes. in the private session. And she's going, Oh my God, you're not controlling it. That's Mimi, played by exactly the same person, Stephanie Farrisey. Oh, there we go. There we go. Years apart. Maybe she, maybe she worked at the hospital at the time. But they say this is Mimi Cosgrove from the country club. So maybe she does still work at the hospital. But just seems strange. Maybe she's just a nurse and the country club is where Niles knows her because she's always hobnobbing there. I yeah, don't know. Could be, could be. Um, the delivery now of one of the best lines in the episode, Dr. Um, um, The first I showed this episode to Charles not that long ago, probably about si- in the last six months, which is quite long ago, but um, probably more recent than that. We died laughing at the at the, at the delivery of that line because it's so bad, like just the, this guy's <laughs> accent or whatever. Um, but now we still say it to each other randomly. We're just going dot dot gran, um, just completely unprompted because it's just so so brilliant. Um, Would you say that's your favorite line in the episode? It's definitely not because I've flagged and I don't do this often. I've got line of the episode in capital letters next to my favorite moment. D- do you have one then? I'm going to gamble because I think this line is brilliant. Is it as good as? Yes, Roz, say something amusing in Esperanto. <laughs> That's not my line, but that is an amazing one because I was Googling that and I'm going to get I'm going to get to that in a minute. No, I'll tell you what, I won't tell you my favourite line because it's quite a little bit down the review, but um, it's you'll know it when I say it, of course. Um, a few more lines now. No, buenas noches, Roz. Um, I, I was like, what is the international language? And I, I, I just thought, I'm extremely naive here and ignorant. I thought Esperanto was some kind of satellite language of Spanish that was spoken a bit like, you know, Catalonian, etc. I'm quite naive and ignorant about this stuff, and I don't want to incite any kind of nationalist versus separatist debate about what language is official and what isn't, etc. But Esperanto got nothing to do with Spanish. Um, It's just like some kind of auxiliary... Is it called a supranational language or something? Basically, it's meant to be a common language between nations that speak completely different things. The weird thing is, I mean, this is mid-90s, and there's an episode of Red Dwarf, which is another one of my absolute favourite sitcoms. And there's a scene with two of the main characters, Lister and Rimmer, in it. And Rimmer's learning Esperanto badly and Lister always corrects him. Literally, he's just sitting there doing it, and and he's trying to guess what it is. And it's like, pass me the bucket and the spade, and and Rimmer can't get it right. Whenever the person on the screen reads it out, and Lister, I think he's polishing up some shoes or something in the background, and he goes, "Oh, it's pass me some buckets and spades." He knows it because he's listened to it so many times as roommates. And the little clip that I watched earlier because I, I couldn't remember it, and and uh, it's they're arguing, and Rimmer turns around and uh, no, sorry. Lister turns around to him and he says, 
all these self-help tapes you have. Remember the one, learn quantum theory while you sleep, learn Esperanto while you sleep. Rimmer says, well, that's fine. We both got the same benefit. He went, yeah, neither of us got any sleep with you playing the damn tapes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and it's just like, for some reason, Esperanto comes up in 90s sitcoms as a joke and then just fades away to almost like non-existent language again. No one ever mentions it anymore. I've never heard but, it ever. You know, like that was my first time on its Wikipedia page and I'm on, a, <laughs> on Wikipedia a lot. Um, so... Yeah. Well, maybe we'll... listeners are now going to start learning Esperanto and not Klingon anymore and make that the fastest growing language on the planet. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, Niles gets dunked by the waiter now. I'm sorry, sir, but she gave me the largest tip I'd ever seen. How much do you reckon Maris tipped this waiter to throw the glass at Niles? I mean, I don't know. I mean, that she's got nothing. hundred dollar bill. Would he do it for a hundred dollars and risk potentially getting fired? He's going to lose his job. I mean, you're throwing champagne in a, in a customer. He does it more plane. than once, so he's kept the job for later in the shift. Well, Niles doesn't complain for some reason. I yeah. mean, how many, how many champagnes would you take in the face before you think, I'm going to go and speak to the captain? This is I, not on. I, I, I think one, you know, I think the blame here is 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I think yeah. you'd have to have a word. I think I'd have to have a word. So I'm, I'm going to reckon a couple of hundred dollar bills, yeah. maybe. Um, and he's thinking, maybe I'll get away with it. Maybe he's kind of said to her, she's like, oh, my husband's submissive. He'd never complain. He'll just, you know, just do it. And or he might have gone, you know, what, what kind of man is your husband like? Is he going to hit me? Blah, blah, blah. I just don't know. We're forgetting also that Maris's father is the Commodore. <laughs> yes, the Commodore. Not, not naval at all. But he, <laughs> you're okay, but, um, the Commodore. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's got all this power, hasn't he, all this money. So I presume she literally can buy it. If he was going to lose his job, I'd imagine she'd just buy him out of it. Or, I or, think so. Or take him home as a servant, I suppose. Um, <laughs> yeah, mate, a playmate for Marta. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Frazier invited Maris onto the onto the you know the, the ship, we, we learn, because uh, he's an absolute goon and he likes to meddle. But... Didn't Martin also invite her? I'm kind of trying to remember the plot here. Wasn't she also in the Alps at the start of the episode? How many days? Yes, she's got over quick. <laughs> she not only got back to America, but she got onto a cruise and up to Alaska very quickly. <laughs> she's jumped on that classic red eye that goes straight from the Alps to an Alaskan <laughs> port. Um, Forty-five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Um, one thing that I am very surprised at here, and I think is a little bit of a character inconsistency, Fraser's writing his speech 20 minutes before giving it. He's an extraordinarily eloquent, but also prepared individual. And I know he didn't love the fact he was coming on this ship, but he did agree to come. I don't think he'd have left it this late. Um, no, I mean, this, do you think this cruise is over a weekend? Because obviously they discuss it with Roz at work. Is this then a weekend cruise? Or do you think this is the next week possibly? I, I, I reckon it's probably just a weekend cruise, I want to say. They're only there for a couple of nights. It just um, seems very rushed for them to organise it, get him on the billboard sort of, you know, in in the... Yeah. It just, mm. yeah. I don't know. The time scale of this episode is very funny. It's it's an odd one. But yeah, he's, he's just normally not so unprepared. So I found this one a little, a little weird. Um Niles is obviously despondent now. Frazier feels really guilty. You know, he's like, nope, you've done enough. Um, Martin comes in having just sampled caribou meat, um, does a very good job of portraying someone who's just had a meat that clearly doesn't agree with them. Like, I feel like I can hear his stomach rumbling. Just, is this one, is this the Taste of Alaska buffet or is this the Midnight buffet? You have, to, <laughs> you have to rush off to the Midnight buffet later on. This must be the Taste of Alaska bu I buffet. Think this is the, uh, served on the 
oh, I'm trying to remember where it was served, the something lounge or the something deck. Um, it says the, the taste of Alaska buffet is now open on the something deck. I couldn't um, tell. All I've got next to it is not chicken. Not chicken. <laughs> That's what my notes say. So that would have been a been a good question there. Um, <laughs> Maris's room, which we navigate to now because Fraser and, and Roz, etc., like decided to take matters into their own hands and try and salvage this issue. Her room is outrageous. Um, there's like an armoire or whatever you call it, like a real yeah. kind of antique chest of drawers. Is that a grand piano? Which <laughs> d- d- does seem completely out of character on like <laughs> just a random room on a cruise ship or like presumably a nice room, but still, um, you know, I don't know. Just what do you make of the room? I would presume that, I mean, do you think Fraser's, um, is it Steinway and Sons piano he has in his apartment? I is that think it's a Steinway. Uh, do you think that's not a full size grand, is it? I I can't picture it in my head. Let me have that in his lounge. I just kind of get the idea that that's not me, a grand. I'm just having a look at it now. Um, yeah, that looks no, that definitely looks like a, a baby grand. Um, don't so quote me on it. But... May you know is. Is he saying that Maris has got a full-size grand piano? <laughs> I mean, how yeah. big is this room? <laughs> um, yeah, I've just I'm really intrigued now. I'm gonna put baby grand versus grand piano. Try and see the size difference. I'd have thought a grand is a proper con- concert orchestra size, like ginormous piano. Oh yeah, it's 100 percent a baby grand. 100 percent yeah. Um just looking a lot longer, isn't it? A full size is a it lot. It is. Longer. That's the big yeah. thing that I hadn't quite seen them side by side. We um we have a couple of Steinways uh, at school where I, I now work. Um and I mean they're locked away, but I was speaking to someone from the music department the other day about just going in after school one one evening and having a little play on one of them. I'm, and unless something works out and I end up at this school permanently, I might not get many chances in my life to play on a Steinway. So kind of awesome to, to, to see what that would like. be incredible. Um, yeah. You need to video that for me. I'd like so to. I'm definitely going to see if I, yeah, I definitely will. If I can get in there and, and have a little play around. That'd be it was really actually, um, I went to see, uh, as you know, I'm a fan, listeners won't know, but Will knows, I'm a fan of City and Colour and Dallas Green. Yes. And uh, I went to see him probably in about 2012, I want to say, at the Royal Albert Hall in London. Awesome. And he did a cover of, I th- is the Adele song, is it called Hometown? Oh, Hometown Glory. Hometown Glory. I think it was that song. That's a good song. He um he he did the whole gig actually. Most of it was on his own, just him and a guitar. And occasionally the band came out, but a lot of it was on his own. And he said he wanted to play this Adele song, and he wanted to play it on a piano for some reason. So he said, "Well, being in the Royal Albert Hall, I said to them, it, this is him.' He said, "I said to them, have you got a piano I can use? Obviously, I didn't bring one over. I've just brought my band. I haven't brought a piano. I really want to play this song." And they said, "Come down to the basement." we'll show you our pianos. And he said, no word of a lie. There's over a hundred, maybe 200 pianos in the basement of the Royal Albert Hall. They said, go and choose one. Oh my God. So he went over and found this grand piano and said, can I play that one? They said, yeah, we'll have it on the stage for you tonight. Oh my God. (laughs) And as it comes, do you know what I mean? Wheeled up, I presume, into into a... onto the stage via a lift of some sort through a basement door and then uh, tuned up. There you go, Mr. Green, that's your piano for the night. And that's how I've they... never been so jealous of one man I do... in my life. 
and I don't even like Adele, but he belted out this song and it was like, wow. Do you know what I mean? It was a proper wow moment. It's the sort of thing that he's very much a performer that will say to people, I can see you've all got phones in the audience for three minutes. Can I ask you all just to put your phone away? I want you to remember this. I don't care if you've got it on phone. I don't want really bad YouTube videos of it popping up. I want you to remember this one song and this one moment. And we're all going to remember it. We're all going to share this one three minute moment. Just everyone, and you see everyone just putting their phones in, respect mm. to him. And everyone just stood there. You could hear a pin drop before he played the first note. Yeah. It was absolutely remarkable. And, and again, I can't show you a video because there isn't one. <laughs> you know well, I mean? I'm glad. I'm um, glad there isn't one. But yeah, I mean, and I just love that story. I thought I, I better tell that quickly, but it's just, yeah, that the whole uh, go and pick a piano and you think I've got 100 pianos here to pick from. Wow, what should I do? Should I just start oh, playing all of them? Yeah, I'll have that one, please. That looks just like one. <laughs> amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, so yeah, in the in the room of the grand piano, we learn that Maris has possibly been chosen as the Barracuda's especial lady. <laughs> um, so they hide in the bathroom. Big fan of like this kind of hijinks where they're hiding, you know, kind of really small space and like the wardrobe in Daphne's room, or they're now getting behind the shower curtain. Um, Martin comes in. He was going to use the bathroom whilst he was like <laughs> snooping around and trying to speak to Marion. So I just mean, what? Uh, and do you think for number one or two? Well, he's old, isn't he? So probably one. Probably I mean, one. Can't go. Well, he has had the, the midnight buffet and the taste of uh, Alaska. He has got caribou rolling around in there. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So he might be going in there for a little bit more than numero uno. Um, <laughs> so here's my line of the episode when they're looking through the keyhole. Oh, look closer. It's the hat rack moving. <laughs> that is just absolutely incredible. Is the hat rack moving? Um, you know, know when people post like a picture of something abstract on FFC and put like yeah. his Marius. Has anyone ever just posted a picture of a hat rack? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. As I said, that must have been done. Um, I might try and Photoshop one visible through a keyhole or something. Um, I, do I, do I don't that. know. If, I don't know if I, I have the requisite skills, but just need it with a little bit of movement in it. Just a little a... bit of movement. Um, actually, we... So sorry, saying that saying that's your favourite line. That then brings me to possibly my second favourite line because although yours is good and I do like the other one I mm. said earlier. The other line I absolutely like is, it looks like she started without me. Ugh, the Ugh. champagne. <laughs> the champagne. Drinking the champagne. So good. I mean, before that, we hear the record, do, 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 do the barracuda. <laughs> I think that's brilliant. We hear that, that's come brilliant. on. Um, because Maris has that delightful little underbite. Um, Does that mean so that she went, sorry, sorry, she went from the Alps <laughs> to the Alaskan cruise and thought, I better take my CD in case I can get it signed by Carlos the oh Barracuda. Yeah. <laughs> or is he giving copies away and they've got CD players in their rooms? <laughs> Maybe, because have, don't they think he's already met her, considering she's going to be his especial lady? And I think the, the calling card's the rose, isn't it? The rose. Um, so there we go. Um, my last bullet point is simply... The Barracuda is disgusting. <laughs> we see him. Kind of, <laughs> we see him prowling the ship's corridors now and winding up at Mimi's room. Um, I mean, Mimi could have had a night of passion with Niles in an alternate universe. Now she's got with the Barracuda. I think well, she has got the short straw there, personally. But um, you know, Mimi's got Mimi's getting a rack man and offs. So it doesn't know. sound like Carlos 
Nuts is too bothered, does it? it oh, I don't like, think he's uh, particularly selective with uh, with the women he he seduces on the ship. He certainly downgrades after he tries Ros and then just goes straight downwards, doesn't it, really? Yeah, yes. <laughs> there, there you go. Um, is this episode in your top 10, Stephen? Sadly not. It is not in mine either, though. I do think this is a good one. I do like this episode. And I think it's a good one to just throw on for a bit of like complete unrelated fun. Although there is the marriage arc. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very separated, isn't it? I mean, yeah. There's a, there's a couple of things I want to point out. One is normally we say, oh, Ros and Bulldog are in that first establishing scene and then disappear. Well, Daphne's in this for one establishing scene at, K- at 1901. Never mentioned again. She's, yeah, not mentioned, not just Daily not seen. Had a day off, do you know what I mean? She just, <laughs> it's raining, she forgot Martin, buggers off into the room, gone, gone forever. <laughs> Jane Leaves no had a day it. off. <laughs> it's like an article, it's like yeah. a front page, Jane Leaves had a day off. Um, um, but yeah. And the other one, I, I need to bring up the line that Roz says, which is, I've never seen her face about Maris. Not yes. true. She must have seen Maris because in the botched language of Cranes, they're at a fundraising, um, a fundraising event, and Niles does a little commentary, and there is Maris and so and so, and they're going to the table, and oh, he cuts her off at the long, and Ros is at the table. She must have seen that chase, so therefore she has seen Maris. Yes, very good, very good, and I dare say there's probably another in, uh, encounter dashed in there somewhere. Um, who have you gone for best actor pick? It's a tough one, and. It's going to be between the two boys, I think. It's going to yeah. be between um, David and Kelsey. I think Kelsey's great with some of the lines he delivers, but I think David's actually great for taking two champagnes in the face and not breaking at all. I think yeah. that, that, to me, is probably actually very difficult to do. So I think I'm going to go with David. Nice. I think that's I think that's a great pick. I've gone with Frege, um, as I often do. Um, <laughs> I just think oh, he's got my favorite line with a hat rack, his delivery of, you know, you have a board hole. Um, <laughs> also, as I said earlier, which I did skip over when we actually got to, it's like, oh, you know, the, the, I can't take all the credit. I had a little uh, chat with Giggles before his show. Um, just, I don't know, the way he says it, there's kind of like a playfulness to him. He's clearly hmm. quite like, you know, fondly remembering that little chat. Just quite nice, just quite like, you know, quite moving that initially he was being all snobby about Giggles O'Shea and he's had a chat with him and, oh, look, Giggles was nice. He's given you a start of your speech, which you should have written before, you hack. Um, I just think, you know, <laughs> just think it's really nice. So I've gone with Frage. I've gone with Frage. Um, like- Kennedy Burling, I'm on the ground, Steve. Has he ever given a rose to a woman on a cruise and called them his special lady? To your knowledge. I think, he, I think he's done the first two bits, but the special lady bit, I don't think. I don't it's think not... he owned a copy of the Barracuda. <laughs> I don't I don't think it's his style. Um, I have heard tell that he has a private yacht where he also does this. Um, he doesn't always go on public cruises, but there you go. If he's on a boat and there's women around, you know, he's gonna give them a rose. Um, whose crane is it anyway? Is all that is left to play before listener mail. And the word for you this week, Steve, is punish who uses the word god punish in this episode and it's only used the once um i'm gonna eliminate daphne because i don't think she's in it long enough to even use the word but she does mention hell a lot steve about six six or seven times (laughs) the word punish that's not gonna be in hell Mm. um i'm gonna say frazier says it because i think he says Roz has booked him on 
that cruise to punish him? It's a good guess. It's a bad guess. It's a wrong <laughs> guess. Here's the quote. You know Maris's taste for revenge. If she thinks I'm having an affair with Mimi, then she's going to try and punish me in kind. So it yeah. was Niles. Always a tough one. Never really asked with the expectation that you'll get it because it's just <laughs> they're meant to be ridiculously hard, but it's just for it's for your fun, for listeners' fun. So there we go. Punish. Shall we jump over to listener mail this week, Steve? Let's do it. Let's do it. Excellent. Raz, who's our next caller? Okay, listen to this week. Um, quite a backlog to get through, actually, because it's been a while since we've recorded this, and a lot of you responded after the kid, which is awesome. Uh, a short one to open from me, from Becca745, I believe is a first-time caller. OMG, I found Heaven's Gates. I always wished there's a Frasier podcast. Well, just to let you know, Becca, in case you don't know, there are about five or so. Uh, we are one of about five or six Frasier podcasts. Um, and they're all they're all great in their own right. There's a little something there for everyone. Some of them are far more regular than us at the moment, which is going for them. But uh, but there you go. Glad you found us. Uh, next up, we have Miss Worcester 22. Mm. Uh, <laughs> again, with the flares, I should stop reading these. This says, wait, you have to pay the love toll. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, Will and Steve, it's been a while since I've managed to send you some listener mail. Lots have been going on. And the podcast has been great comfort. So thank you for your joint continued efforts. Don't worry about reading all this out if you don't have time. It's just nice to have a chance to comment once again. Well, as it's been a while, I will read it in its entirety. Uh, one quick note about Halloween costumes. One year I was especially proud of my costume inspired by one of my favourite Hitchcock films, The Birds. I dressed up as the main actress, Tippi Hedren, in 1950s clothes, ripped and put holes in them along with some fake blood and bought about five artificial crows, gulls, which had wire around the feet to, to attach to the costume. I had to get the train to the Halloween party. I certainly got a few strange Wow. That sounds like an that's amazing. dedication to the to the Halloween cause. Corey would approve. Absolutely brilliant effort. Uh, the kid, quite a moving episode. Personally, I would have loved to have seen more of Rick. I think he's a really sweet character. It's a shame they wrote him out so quickly. From a woman's perspective, I can understand why Roz makes the decision so quickly about keeping the baby. I think there is more that. I think there is a point in our biological clocks where it ticks over and the physical urge of carrying a child is so strong that you don't even question it, despite what financial situations you may be in. Finally, Voyage of the Damned. I believe I've heard somewhere that this episode was supposed to be the second episode of the season, but was pushed back due to baseball playoffs, which is earlier. They wanted to keep Halloween to air on Halloween. This would explain why Roz is so oblivious. Obviously not pregnant since there's no mention of it. And she is obviously drinking alcohol. Perhaps a double bourbon rocks spill a little in the glass. (laughs) Nice. Does anyone know any more on this? I don't see why they swapped this with the gift horse since they were both standalone episodes in between the two, two parters either side. Thanks so much as ever for producing a great show. Series five is great. Some really strong episodes. I'm looking forward to your reviews of all the best. Much friendship. Amy, run for your life. Absolutely awesome comment from Amy there. And yes, yeah, season five is really good. Um, probably joint favorite season, I reckon. Um, with I wanna I wanna say season with with season seven. Um for me, four, five, and six are the absolute they're unreal. Absolutely amazing. Unreal. Uh Cam Winston says, This podcast, lads, this podcast, you are delightfully superb. 
So, spray cheese. How exciting this is to be present at the birth of a new phobia. <laughs> Amazing. Right, Trivia Corner, Mutant versus Brin. And look at you and Corey thinking the same. Twice, nothing more to say other than congratulations on the commingling of your genetic trivia material. Voyage of the Damned, love it. Top 10, not quite. But how funny is this episode? 8.1 on IMDb, you would say. Very funny. Am I correct in thinking this is the first time we see Maris, albeit a shadow from the Crane Boys' view hiding in the bathroom? I think this is the most clear physical shot we ever get of her. I think this is the only time we actually... Do we hear her? Does she gargle something? Or she she brushes it? She does. She gargles. I think that this is the only time we actually physically, because we see the shadow through the the curtain, the shower curtain, etc. We actually physically see Maris. Mm. This is the only time. Um, I think is it in rooms with a view we see her in a hospital covered in bandages. But yes, that's Niles looking back at his memory of her, isn't it? Yeah, this is the only time as an audience we actually see any physical shape. Yeah, she gargles because she's in the mood for more than champagne. <laughs> the Barracuda, has there ever been someone so smooth with the ladies? Apart from Kenny Burling, of course. I mean, how could Roz pass that up? If you look closely in the scene where they're all hiding in Maris's bathroom, there's a fleeting moment where you see the shadows on the wall behind them move, but they, they aren't moving. I can only assume this is a crew member in the background didn't notice this, but I do like little details like that because yeah. in the right context, things like that can be a little bit creepy. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I don't I can't explain it, but there's something uncanny about about things like that, which I really like. Um Cammy ends by saying, Does anyone else notice at the foyer where they meet and Martin gives them the epic advice about steering clear of the fillers at the buffet is really small for a cruise ship? I would have thought a communal area like that wouldn't be so cramped. Very true, but I didn't realise it was a foyer. I just thought it was maybe just a bar. Yeah, um, I thought it was a bar area, but, but I don't. Right. I mean, there's, there's no grand staircase or anything, is there? It's not. It's a very strange set for a cruise ship, I suppose. It but is. Again, it I'm is comparing odd. it to Titanic, so. And that does have a grand staircase, of course. I can so. still smell the fresh paint. <laughs> there, there we go. So anyway, peace and as always, up the villa. Uh, next up is is it Swan Pippa? Do we ever? We, just... we always say Swan Pippa. So I believe it's Noel Crane. I will go with that. Hi, guys. Thanks for another exceptional podcast. In relation to James Bond and Martini, maybe I quote the West Wing, how they describe it, shaken, not stirred, will get you the cold water with a dash of gin and very and, and dry of a mouth. The reason you stir it with a special spoon is to not chip the ice. James is ordering a weak martini and being snooty about it. I can't remember who sent me this. Was it John... Uh, I spoke to you about it on air, didn't I? We, we discussed it in Listener Mail, I think, when someone... Did you send came... me the West Wing clip? No, I didn't, know. Someone sent me the West Wing clip, and I don't know who it was, unless I just found it on Twitter. But yeah, because it's it's Josiah Bartlett, is that his name? Mm. It's Martin Sheen. Ah. Um, he, he says that line, but there we go. Um, MK, I don't know how I'm going to tell the father of this podcast how good it is. Does that make Steve the titular kid? <laughs> but in a way, aren't we all the podcast children? For you see, us Hellraisers are the spawn of every shrieking trivia question, every brain-rotting Simpsons reference, every teacher who cares less about young minds than about cashing their big fat paychecks. No, Steve's not to blame. You can't create a trivia corner monster and then whine when he stomps on a few buildings. I'm Mischief Knight. <laughs> Will, please get that reference. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic from MK there. Um, trivia and fun bits for Voyage of the Damned. Daphne just disappears in this episode after taking Eddie to dry him off. She's never seen or heard from again. No <laughs> convenient plans with friends or Uncle Jackie. She's just forgotten. 
I know it's a bigger ship than some of the ferries we hear about later, but even so, Niles' trademark seasickness is woefully abandoned in this episode. Even then, he met Maris walking on the deck, but as Roz says, they book their A-list celebs on the big ships. Very interesting. Very good, very good. Very interesting indeed. Uh, next up, Argle Goggle Google Goop. I've been practicing. Perfect. Um, Hey guys, haven't been commenting lately as I typically listen quite a while uh, quite a while after each ep drops. So glad, I hope, to be on time today. Side note, realise that there are quite a few men in Roz's life who, in her words, ended with an ick, apart from Rick. There also was, of course, that guy from the aforementioned quote, whose back she peeled sunburnt skin off and brick, whose name she got out of her black book to recommend to Daphne. That's so true. I guess why they gave Roz a baby was that the producers anticipated by now that the show would run for several seasons more and they wanted to do something to shake up her character. Other possible options that come to mind would have might not have worked so well, e.g. she leaves KACL, gets promoted and thus leaves Fraser's show, both of which means they'd need a new producer. Or moves in with a boyfriend, family member, moves in with her. At least the writers would find it relatively easy to find an excuse as to why her child isn't in an episode. As to why Rick didn't become a recurring character, I suppose having one that revolves around Roz's life made less sense since she is unfortunately the most peripheral main character. Also, by this time, they were probably looking for an established actor with some name recognition to play a recurring character, and that might have been difficult for Rick given his supposed age. They definitely could have at least name-checked him once or twice. I think we never even heard his name after Roz and the Schnoz. Apologies for the long post and keep up the good work. Some really good points raised there. And I think this this kind of lasting question of Rick's existence in the world of the show is, is one we're probably going to return to. Craft OK5793, I believe this is a first-time caller, says, oh, well, they put that as their opening line. So, yes, they are a first-time caller. That's um, a giveaway. Hi, hi, Will and Steve and Key. First time caller. I discovered the podcast about a year ago and have been catching up ever since, recently having to wait impatiently for each episode like an arrogant bastard. <laughs> I moved from the UK to Dallas, so Dallas Green, uh, around 10 years ago and discovered Frasier as I was stuck in limbo, waiting for my green card to finally be approved. It has become a staple of my everyday life ever since. I discovered the podcast when I was once again in limbo, having left my job of six years due to juggling a family and work demands and started listening as I started to my new job it was a great bit of symmetry and i've loved listening along just wanted to add a few points for the last few episodes number one on the kid you ended the episode talking about james bond and why he orders his vodka martini the way he does i'm positive i read that ian fleming wrote that into the books as an example of bond being a lower social class because he doesn't know the implications of that process on the drink i'm trying to find where i read it but alas cannot locate it Number two, in Fraser's imaginary friend, you both talked about the strange line of Niles, Martin, and Daphne going to a Buster Keaton retrospective. I have a master's in film studies, and as a massive fan of Buster and Frasier, to me it makes perfect sense. Keaton was famous for his deadpan delivery and incredibly physical abilities, not unlike our very own David Hyde Pierce, thinking in particular about his segment in Three Valentines. I've always loved this line and feel like it's a nod to the comedy abilities of a certain cast members of this show. I could be wrong, but it's a nice homage if I'm right. 
think I've gone on long enough. Thank you for the hard work and the company over the past year. P.S. I still can't get over Key's review of Citizen Kane. It still hurts to think about. It's still the talk of the tyrant. Uh, and when Key's next back on the podcast, I'll make sure we uh, we raise that to him. But yeah, I, I do get the point about Buster Keaton. I think maybe my 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 confusion was why Daphne and Martin would be interested, maybe. But it maybe in the episode I did say why is Niles interested. That makes a lot of sense because his physical style of comedy is exactly like DHP's and was probably a big influence on him. From memory, I think we discussed the fact that all four characters, or all three characters, and it's Daphne, Niles, and Martin, don't really have that in common. And mm. I think that's what confuses why the three of them would want to go and see that. Maybe. It, it might be one of them's sort of thing, but not all of them. So, um, Last is Supermodel. I can never say this. Supermodel Zoologist. There we go. Hi, guys. I enjoyed this episode of the podcast. I don't often rewatch the episode of the show, but I did this week and I was reminded how good it really is. I liked your digression on the future existence or not of a reboot. I can't give opinions on whether it still has a chance of happening, but I'll just say that I wouldn't be too disappointed if it doesn't. I think sequels, remakes, etc. can sometimes be good, but often are just chasing nostalgia. I'm happy to enjoy watching Frasier as it is, which after all became a classic for a reason. But of course, I can understand why others would enjoy it if it does happen. Also, I was happy hearing you get excited about the plane episode when you read my message. I don't know if others have suggested it, but once you write that or any of your own episodes, it would make a fun live podcast. I say this as someone who has never been on a live podcast. Ha ha. Looking forward to Voyage of the Damned. I enjoyed rewatching that one a lot. The waiter splashing Niles, everyone. Uh, sorry, everyone hiding in the bathtub. Lots of funny moments. The hat rack is moving <laughs> <laughs> what a great line to end the episode off uh thank you everyone who got in touch this week so so lovely to hear from you all we will be back hopefully uh in in a week's time but can't commit to that at the moment maybe just think fortnightly at the mo because work is is slamming all of us um in more ways than one but the next episode will be my fair fraser um which i'm a big fan of fraser kind of getting into a relationship with Sam, the lawyer. I think she's a lawyer. Um, yeah. And kind of, yeah, hobnobbing with the uh, the upper-class celebrity world. Um, so my fair Fraser will be next. Other than that, I've been Will. And I have been Giggles O'Shea. Yes, you have. Thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Oh, my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegs. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. 